Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 102 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the health benefits of hiking. Now, as long as humans have been around, we've been looking at ways of improving our lives, better ways to eat, better ways of protecting ourselves from threats and from the elements. And in the Western world, this never-ending march to make our lives easier and more enjoyable has seen a large shift to urban living. So as an example, in 1911, 40% of Australian Uh, Australians lived in urban centres, but 100 years later, in 2011, that had changed to 85%. Now, these changes have sort of removed us from the natural environment, and while our lifespans are longer, we're actually going through and not necessarily being more healthier. And I think that's a really important thing to um, understand, that that longevity is there but not necessarily the quality of health that we would like with that longevity. Okay so in today's episode we're going to be looking at the health benefits of hiking. Now the first and and most obvious one is cardiovascular fitness. I think if you look at newspapers, watch TV, uh, read the internet, uh, go and see your doctor, uh, the thing that's, the message that's always there is we need to improve our health. Um, we are now in a society where for many Australians, we spend too much time at work sitting at our desk uh, and not moving. Uh, so we've seen a thing, an increase in, a, in diseases such as heart disease, diabetes and cancer, um, and um, certainly uh, mental health uh, has become more of an issue in recent times. So the obvious benefit of hiking um, is to uh, improve your general cardiovascular health. Uh, carrying a pack uh, uh, in general, uh, walking up inclines, even slight ones, will increase your calorie burn and exertion, and with it, improve your cardiovascular fitness. Now, engaging in any regular exercise of any type is also going to help reduce your blood pressure. Now, both my parents have have had or had high blood pressure, and this means that uh, from a genetic perspective, I'm predisposed to having high blood pressure, and sure enough, I do. Uh, but it's something I can manage through keeping myself fit. Uh, it's when I'm not fit, when I'm not doing exercise, uh, that I become borderline needing medication to control it. And I have a lot of friends and a lot of friends who are younger than me who um, reach reach for the medications first, particularly in relation to uh, blood pressure. And, um, you know, I guess you're... Tim, you're such a good example of the benefits of, of managing it in a different way. And, uh, you, you know, I think sometimes uh, we might need to take a little bit of a pause and uh, take a slightly longer route rather than look for the quick fix. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to spend the next 
20, 30, 40 years on medication to control my blood pressure. I'm sure, you know, at some stage I may actually get there, but um, I want to try and minimise or limit, limit the need for medications where I can. So the next thing we're going to look at is muscle strength and stability. And uh, I remember many, many, many years ago, um, there was a book I uh, just captured my imagination and it was called Strong Women Stay Young. Um, that kind of became a bit of a mantra for me. And so maintaining muscle strength um, has always been something that um, I've tended to focus on. Um, uh, partly because of the physical activity that I've done, but also because I, I've deliberately developed muscles and maintained that muscle strength. So, you know, th we don't often think about hiking in this context, but, you know, when you think about it and you're lugging your pack around and you're lifting it up and you're putting it down and you're packing things and uh, doing all of those sorts of perhaps sideways move movements – you are doing a combination of building and maintaining your strength, but also um, building and maintaining your stability with the kind of movements that you, you, you're doing. So, you know, one of the benefits of, of hiking um, is that maintaining that um, strength and stability um, by the nature of the activity you're doing, the walking, the lifting, uh, the um, shifting, but also when you're walking on uneven ground, you're also able to um, build smaller muscle strength and core muscle strength as, as well. So, you know, it becomes quite a natural thing and uh, to build your core. Um, planks and Pilates is great, but, you know, why don't go out and, and ha have, a, have a great walk? So one of the benefits of, of core strength in particular is um, preventing, minimising lower back pain um, and also improving your mobility and strength in your hips, your thighs and your glutes. And I think from my perspective, I mean, this is almost like a what's wrong with Tim episode tonight. Um, apart from, That's a long list, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's a long list, yeah. I think apart from having uh, blood pressure issues, I also, through purely my own fault, managed to partially crush, crush a disc in my back a number of years ago, in my lower back. Um, and uh, that caused me problems for you know, 12 to 15 months after I'd actually uh, caused the injury. But maintaining good muscle fitness uh, good muscle strength in the lower back and the core means I don't have any issues with uh, with back pain or back problems it's when I stop maintaining core strength uh, and lower back strength that's when I tend to have issues so it's forced me into uh, uh, maintaining that fitness and as Jill said it's walking on an uneven ground so you can go to the gym and lift weights you can go cycling you can walk around town on footpaths but you tend to be walking on and exercising on flat surfaces going out onto a hiking trail where the ground is typically not dead flat it has some inst uh, uh, some unevenness to it or even rocks you've got to work around and that forces all those little muscles and the legs and the um, the thighs and the glutes and the and the core all to sort of move engage and, and, and engage, engage. Uh, to uh, uh, and that it actually uh, is the process of strengthening them so it's, it's something we tend not to think about the other thing I'd probably say here as well I my my mother is in her 90s 
Um, and I've become very aware over the last few years about the issue that instability that older people have. Mum used to be quite fit when she was younger. She's pretty much over the last 15, 20 years stopped doing exercise. And as a result, she has issues with falls. And that's a lot of that's due to just not having um, good balance and good good lower body and core strength. Uh, And that's something that just seems to develop as people age, yeah. uh, but the, but there's there's no reason that that should be the case. No, that's right, and uh, and we we all know that as we age, um, our bone density uh, decreases, um, our our muscle tone decreases. So anything we can do um, to compensate to build up uh, that strength is going to be a good thing. Um, just to take the pressure off you a little bit, Tim, about, uh, you know, what's wrong with Tim. <laughs> um, my, I don't know what it is, but for, for some reason in my family, we have dodgy knees. And um, I do, uh, you know, this is going to sound really odd, um, but when I don't do regular exercise, I really feel uh, the uh, pain and the tension in my knees. And uh, while, you know, sometimes after a long hike, I've, you know, my knees are a little bit sore and they might even be a little bit swollen, um, the alternative is actually much worse. And, um, you know, I, I have this debate with one of my brothers all the time who also has dodgy knees. And, uh, you know, my, my view and um, uh, that of uh, Jackie, who's our uh, fitness advisor that, that you've heard on our podcast, um, uh, our, our collective view is that um, building up the muscle strength in and around the knees would actually help um, him and reduce the pain that he feels. Um, now, maybe that's what I've done and maybe that's what uh, is happening to me. I don't know. We're not medical medical experts. I just know that when I move more, uh, those sorts of aches and pains are less problematic. Okay, so another benefit of um, a health benefit of hiking is weight loss. And like any exercise, you're going to burn calories. So this is not specific to hiking. But to give you an idea, an average hiker, well, sorry, this is not an average hiker, a hiker that weighs around 100 kilos, and that describes me, will burn approximately 550 calories per hour, which is about 2,400 kilojoules. I, I I'm still of that generation that I still tend to prefer to work in calories. It just seems to make more sense to me. Now, this figure will vary. So smaller hikers will will burn around about 440 calories per hour. Now, the heavier the pack, the longer the hike, the steeper the gradient change, and the more uneven the ground will all, all, all add to the calories burnt. The other impact that hiking has in regard to weight loss uh, from my perspective, is the lack of access to uh, large selections of sugary foods. So it's it's so tempting, particularly in the afternoon, to go and get a chocolate bar from the little chocolate box at work or you just go to the cafe next door and grab something sugary to eat. When you're hiking, you're carrying what you've, uh, what you've decided to bring with you uh, and you can't just say, oh, geez, I'll, I'll go and grab an extra chocolate bar because I feel like it. Um, so... From that perspective, um, not having access to that food makes a big difference. The other thing I'd say here, you know, we just mentioned the average hikers. 
Um, most of you will have been aware that I hiked the Bibbulmun track last year uh, and I was burning around about just on 5,800 calories per day. Now, it's almost impossible to carry that much food. I think if you look at, say, macadamias, which are around about 700 calories per 100 grams, I'd be carrying um, you know, almost a kilo worth of macadamias just to sort of meet, meet that dietary requirement, uh, and it'd be a pretty monotonous sort of diet. Um, so, you know, certainly for the when I'm doing the big days, um, I'm burning more calories than I'm carrying. And the other thing I'd say here as well is um, we've gone through and done a written article on this that um, there is a, a syndrome or condition uh, that doesn't affect everybody. But from my perspective, when I exercise, I lose hunger. For a lot of people, they do a lot of exercise, they feel hungry. I'm the opposite. So, I've had days where I'm tired at the end of the day and I'll just go to bed and I'm thinking, oh, no, look, I really have to force myself to eat, otherwise I'm not going to have the energy for the next day. So these are all things that contribute to weight loss. Um, and I know for me, when I go hiking, um, whether it's doing the really big days over 30 kilometres or even just doing 15 kilometres a day, I'll average losing about three kilograms a week. Um, so, you know, two or three week hike, I expect to lose that sort of uh, uh, seven to sort of 10 kilos uh, over that period. Yeah, and I, I should say here that uh, I don't quite lose as much weight as Tim does um, on uh, similar hikes. Not that I did uh, the Bibbleman uh, track, but uh, I, I guess the point is that everybody is uh, different um, and uh, you know, different metabolism and so on will impact you uh, differently and get you to different uh, levels of weight loss over different periods of time. Uh, Tim and I have a bit of a joke going that um, he wants to be around me when the apocalypse comes, uh, when the famine is here, uh, so that he gets to eat my food. I don't need nearly as much food as he needs. And it, it, it is a it is a generalisation, but typically on longer hikes, uh, women tend to hang on to their extra weight um, a bit easier than men do. Men, the the weight just tends to strip off men. So that's always a consideration for me. That I, I've got a couple of hikes planned in the next few years of sort of twelve to sixteen weeks, uh, and from my perspective, I've got to look at ways of how I can maintain my weight uh, rather than I, I can't afford to lose any more weight uh, past a certain point. Well, I think the thing for me also is that I tend to eat a little bit differently. I don't usually eat uh, a, a high-carbohydrate diet. Uh, when we're hiking, we tend to um, more so than I would normally. Um, and so, you know, that's the other thing to, to think about that uh, – uh, on longer hikes, we will pack different food uh, for Tim and different food for me, um, partly because we both get a little bit bored, partly because we prefer different things. Um, and I certainly um, miss, you know, the standard old veggies um, and I'd be very happy to eat uh, rehydrated veggies um, a lot. That's probably going to mean that I will lose a lot more weight. Um, but in reality, I need the energy as well. So it's kind of a balancing act um, that you have to play on this. But, you know, overall, yeah, you lose a little bit more weight and, and feel a little bit better. 
and, and not necessarily a health benefit here. I love peanut butter, which is loaded with calories. And, um, and a fair bit of fat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, I could quite happily sit here and eat half a jar of peanut butter in a sitting and, and I will pay for it with, with the weight that I put on. But when I hike, I can eat peanut butter to my heart's content and I still lose weight. So I've just got to sort of wean myself off it when I come back off a hike. Yeah, and peanut butter, you know, when I'm um – uh, exerting um, effort uh, doesn't go so well for me. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> so the next thing we're going to think about or talk about is sun exposure. And um, this is a really uh, good one. Uh, you know, we've been uh, warned off being out in the sun, but uh, a bit of sun exposure and topping up our vitamin D is actually a good thing for us. Um, I, I think sometimes in Australia we might just go a little bit overboard with covering up and we had that experience uh, last year when Tim was preparing for uh, the Bibbleman hike and he had a bunch of testing done and one of the tests was vitamin D uh, test and found that he was vitamin D deficient which surprised us given that he spends a lot of time outdoors, uh, that he walks generally to and from work um, more than a few kilometres each day. And, uh, you know, it, it was a bit of a surprise, albeit it was winter. So, you know, that was probably the thing. And we do tend to cover up uh, when we do go out in the outdoors for a range of reasons, not just for the sun because of the sun exposure but that was a really interesting thing that someone who spends a lot of time outdoors uh, was vitamin d deficient Uh, by the end of the 36 days in wa uh, he wasn't so that was retested and and he was fine but i think that is something to um, think about Um, and the point of being outdoors is also to get a bit of sun in a safe way um, I remember years ago when uh, Tim and I were uh, overseas at a resort and uh, uh, someone commented uh, who I think uh, was American about you could tell a Aussie a mile away because they were just completely covered <laughs> from head to toe. <laughs> Everyone else is bearing everything on the beach, um, but the Aussies are all covered up. <laughs> they thought that was quite funny, but I think that's probably a good thing too. Yeah, I think living in the country that has the highest incidence of skin cancer in the world, um, I have been really surprised given the amount of sun exposure I had when I first started working many years ago. Uh, not very good sun practice um, or sun smart practice. Um, and I, you know, I would have thought well and truly by now that I'd have, have a number of skin cancers. And I think it's more by good luck than anything else. So as Jill said, I do tend to cover up. Um, uh, this year I've probably worn short sleeves more often than probably the last 10 or 15 years. Um, uh, but certainly, uh, as strange as it sounds, 40 degree days, I'm wearing long sleeves. Uh, you know, and it's, you know, the only thing you can really see of me is my face. Everything else is pretty much covered. Yeah. And one of the things that we do do is we, um, go to our doctor for, uh, an annual checkup and, um, I, probably annoy the life out of him. Uh, We're fortunate enough to have a GP who uh, has a background in um, 
skin cancer uh, detection and so on. And, uh, you know, I stand there and point at every little small spot. He assures me that they're okay, but, uh, yeah, I probably seem a little bit paranoid. So if you don't do that, that would be something that's uh, definitely worthwhile putting on your calendar. Now, another another uh, uh, advantage or another health benefit of, uh, of hiking is stress relief. And I think many people would be familiar with the term forest bathing, which has come out of Japan uh, from the 1980s, actually. And the idea is that a person can um, simply visit a natural area uh, and either sit or walk in a relaxed way, um, just taking in the, 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 the environment and the trees and the forest. Um, now, this is not to be confused with um, people of a particular gender stripping off and hugging trees, though, is it? <laughs> We're not doing that. Well, I suppose that, w- that would work as well, although not, not if you came across them. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, it's just a matter of, of getting out there um, because, again, we, we live in urban environments and, and Canberra is known as the bush capital. And for those of, those of you listening from overseas, we are a very green city compared to a lot of cities. Um, but um, you know, a lot of, a lot of new, normal cities, if you like, don't, have to, don't tend to have a lot of bushland. And for a lot of people, they need to get out of the city to get into the bush. Um, and just being able to do that, it just feels right. Um, you know, even if you just go out and just do a short walk, um, you know, as you, as you, or, or if you're traveling somewhere, you pull over and go for a short walk in the bush. Um, you know, it just, it just, it's one of those things. It's just a, it's just a way of relieving stress. Yeah. I think there's something in there about, um, you know, deliberately making some time to watch the world go by. Um, and you know, it, it might be as simple as, um, you know, what, watching some, um, bugs or some ants, you know, nearby and, and what they're doing and what they're building and all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, just slow it down and, and absorb what's happening around you. I think, um, from my perspective, and this is, this is something that, uh, I think a lot of people don't quite understand. I, I'm one of these people that, um, when I hike, if I'm solo hiking, I'm actually moving quite quickly. Um, if I'm hiking with Jill, I'm, I'm, I'm moving a bit slower. Now that's um, not because I slow you down, Tim. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's, it's the sort of thing. I think I, I tend to go, probably the best way to describe it is I go into the zone when I'm, I'm by myself. I have the ability to pay attention to the trail around me. I'm always looking for snakes. I'm always looking for, for dangers. Um, but I'm also being able to go inside my own head and think, um, and, if I see a really amazing sunset or an amazing sight, I'll stop. I'll look at it, but I don't. I can't. I'm not the sort of person that will sit there and stare at something for half an hour or an hour. It just drives me insane. So I'll look at it and think, "Wow, wow, that's really amazing," or "That's a really good sight," and then move on. Uh, it's just the way I tend to absorb things. Yeah. So, so this is a bit of difference between the two of us. I'm not sure that I'd probably sit there for a half an hour, but. Um, I, I do like to take it in and I do like to absorb absorb what I'm seeing um, over some elapsed time. Um, yeah, as I said, not necessarily a long period of time, but I do want to see what it looks like from, um, you know, the beginning of a 10-minute a block to the end of a 10-minute minute block. 
I think for me, it's about just being in nature uh, and, you know, the specifics of it aren't so critical. Um, but having said that, every so often I do come across something that, that I consider to be really amazing and I will stop and sit and look at it. Um, I'm into macro photography where I can. Uh, so quite often I'm looking at the little stuff, you know, the little mushrooms, the insects, uh, the small flowers are hidden, uh, that aren't so obvious. Um, so I tend to be looking at the larger environment, but focusing on the little stuff in a lot of cases. Now we're going to look at mental focus. And, you know, we probably talked a little bit about this um, along the way in the context of some of the hiking that we've been uh, doing and having that opportunity to be completely undistracted um, from modern world, from uh, the technology. Um, I've talked about many times that I really enjoy that my phone doesn't work all the time uh, when we're out hiking and I don't actually feel a need to keep checking it and keep looking at, you know, who's trying to contact me, even if it does uh, work, I tend to turn it off. Um, there's something in there about trying to focus on too many things at one point in time and perhaps not engaging um, with any of them in the right kind of way. So it's this sort of, you know, uh, shallow, narrow, almost peripheral engagement that we do with a million things in our day-to-day life. So being able to just shut all of that out and and focus. And Tim talked about getting inside his own head. I think that's a little bit of it as well, um, thinking through big problems and, you know, being able to really sort of just exhale and absorb what's happening in a very almost primal way. Um, yeah, I um, I think it, it, it's quite interesting, as I said, you know, going back to the the issue of um, of stress release, um, I just find that um, um, for me, being out in the environment is is a way of decompressing. Um, uh, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, if you want to, depending on how you want to look at this, because I'm blogging, I always tend to be looking at things and thinking, should I be taking a photo of this? Um, do, when, when can I get signals so I can put a post up? Um, but I had an example of, again, the, the Bibbleman track, and I'll, I promise I'll stop talking about this later on this year, but it's just this. There's just such, <laughs> after you know, the next big hike. Yeah, after the next big hike. I think after after doing five weeks, it's just, there's just so many opportunities to to think and talk about things from from that sort of hike. But I found that um, usually I'd, I'd be focused on trying to interview people as I'd go. Uh, and, you know, you've got to use a bit of common sense about whether people want to be interviewed and not distracting them or, or detracting from their hike. And I had an opportunity last year, someone who was very obviously very keen to be interviewed for the podcast, but I was so focused on the hike itself that it just – came into my head and just went straight out. So, you know, in that case, I was focused on the hike, not on the technology in that respect. And that, for me, is not something that usually is the case because I usually am looking at who can I talk to, who can I interview. Um, so it was, it did surprise me um, that, uh, that, that 
that I actually didn't take that opportunity. Well, that is a surprise because when we were out at dinner the other night, Tim, and I had to tell you to put your phone away, <laughs> <laughs> that was not that was not a happy moment. <laughs> um, now, the other thing that's um, uh, mental uh, benefit of hiking is creative problem solving. Uh, and this is something that I've realized for a number of years, and it doesn't specifically uh, relate to uh, hiking, but certainly it's very it, it, it hiking is is it falls into this category um, is that of creative problem solving. My undergraduate degree was in landscape architecture, and I'd find that I'd be in the gym on a treadmill just doing a warm up. And I'd be thinking of all these ideas about things I needed to do for my for my study and for my assignments. I find that's the case now. When I go hiking, most of my ideas for the blog, for the podcast, for written articles, all come when I'm out hiking. And, and it's not necessarily of oh look, there's something really interesting that I need to talk talk about in a in an upcoming article. Sometimes that does happen. In a lot of cases, it's almost random that I'm walking through a, the, the bush and something that, to do with hiking but not specifically the area I'm in just comes in my, into my head and thinking, yep, make a note um, because I want to talk about that later on. Well, it's funny that you should use that word because that's the one that I use to describe you, Tim. <laughs> Sometimes the conversations we have are random. I can't describe it any other way. Yeah, I think um, I think most people have heard of the term lateral thinker. I'm best described as, described as a random thinker. <laughs> you know, I, I will come up with things that, that seemingly are not related to the, the topic of the time. Um, but certainly, the uh, if you're looking at trying to get ideas for work or to think through something, going for a walk or or taking a hike, uh, going out hiking is a good way to. We've already sort of talked about decompressing and de-stressing, but it's also a way of thinking about things that are going on in your life and things that are going on in the world, uh, and it's a good opportunity to get into that creative problem-solving mode. So we've talked about both the physical and the mental um, uh, impacts of, of, of health benefits of hiking. And I think partly we, I would also include in the mental aspects also emotional aspects as well. Um, you know, being in a good headspace, being comfortable, enjoying what's going on, feeling fit and healthy, um, you know, tends to make you emotionally a bit happier as well. Um, not always the case, but I think for most of us, you know, if we're if we're uh, certainly from my perspective, if I'm fit and healthy, I just feel much better all round, and that's from a mental point of view and also from an emotional point of view as well. As well. So this is my thing around um, mind, body, and soul, and and I, I talk a little bit about this in a work context and um, also in a personal context. And, you know, in a, in a perfect world, it'd be fantastic if our mind, our body and our soul, uh, were as, um, fit, if I can use that word, or the best that they all could be individually. Um, when they come together collectively, that's a pretty amazing thing. Um, what op- often happens though is that one, one of those three is perhaps not doing as well as the other two. Um, but if you've got two of the three, it can help you 
work on the third one. And I think that's a really important thing to kind of um, appreciate. Um, perhaps it's a bit of bit more of a philosophical view of things. This is not about, you know, uh, uh, saying to people who have got um, uh, mental illness or um, severe health problems and, you know, if you do this, it's all going to be better. This is about normal people who are just trying to deal with everyday things that come up. If you think about your world in the context of mind, body and soul and the, some of the things that you need to do to um, boost and be the best that you can be, then, you know, pretty much you, you'll be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. And I think, you know, while physical exercise in general is all all good and will help with that, um, you know, hiking is really probably one of the best things you can go through and look at. It gets you out in nature. Um, it it it's something that's relatively inexpensive. Best case, you're up for a decent pair of shoes, and that that may not cost you that much. You can you know, if you're first starting out, you can start off with something you already have, providing it's suitable. You know, if you get well and truly into it, yes, you can spend a lot of money on hiking gear. But when you compare it to a lot of other activities, it's relatively cheap. You know, it's not as if you're buying a a twenty thousand dollar motorbike or uh, you're buying a boat or something like that. So even even having to fully kit yourself out with with every piece of magic gear you can think of it's not that expensive in comparison um, yeah and you know even even if you're buying um, you know items that are budget but quality budget um, you know unless you're using it every day it's going to last you a long time anyway you yeah. know so that's the other thing I think to to remember so um, the opportunity is there it's it's really about getting out there and seizing it. So in this episode, we just talked about the health benefits of hiking. Uh, and as I said, we talked about the mental, the physical, and also for that matter, the, the, the mind, body and soul that Jill talked about. So we hope that's been a, a, a bit of a, a thought um, provoking episode more than anything else. I think most people are probably aware of most of these things, but being aware and actually putting them into practice can often be two different things. So if you're looking for an excuse to talk to your partner about you're looking wanting to go for a hike, um, here's a good opportunity to say, look, it's it's about my health. I need to go for a hike and just, <laughs> just, spear, off, just spear off for a week or two. Uh, just just a little bit of a post, uh, post note on all of that. Um, uh, I, I can tell when things are troubling Tim and I find that if I get him to go for a walk, he'll talk to me about it. So for some reason, um, the talking and the feet are connected um, and we end up having a good conversation uh, as opposed to me continually asking what's going on with you. <laughs> okay, so that's all for this week's episode. Um, we do have our bonus episode coming up uh, next week. I won't actually uh, let you know what that is at the moment. We are still having to do the interview for that later on this week. Um, but it's And it's a slightly off-topic um, interview, but I think it's one that you'll, you'll find quite interesting. It's, it's going to be a good one. It's going to yeah. be a good one. So... Um, as always, you can listen to this uh, podcast through our website at www.australianhiker.com.au. Uh, 
through Stitcher Radio, through Spotify, which is now uh, uh, the world's fastest uh, growing podcast uh, listening uh, app, uh, through SoundCloud uh, and through iTunes. If you have the chance, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes uh, and we, uh, uh, on a regular basis, will read out those five-star ratings. So if you want to hear your name, uh, give us a five-star rating. We hope you've enjoyed. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.